discussion with Angivo, founder of Women in Tech Forum. This is the Tech Space brought to you by Alex Partners, a European founder-led executive search consultancy. Hello, I'm Giles Daniels, one of the founders of Alex Partners, and I'm very excited to welcome you to the very first episode. We're kicking the podcast off with a six-part series focusing on women in tech. We'll be speaking to female leaders in the tech space, as well as other influencers across Europe, getting their unique insights and fresh perspectives on topical issues. With some fabulous guests lined up over the series, and I'm absolutely delighted to be joined today for our first ever episode by Angie Vo, CEO, Women in Tech Forum. I've no doubt you may already know or have heard of Angie, but if you haven't, after a 20-year career in the tech industry, holding global and regional leadership positions for world-leading organizations, including SAP, TripAdvisor, and Mimecast, Angie left the corporate world in 2018 and founded Women in Tech Forum, a global membership and coaching platform to help people accelerate and grow their career in tech. The Forum now has a staggering membership of over 12,000 people, and in 2021, Angie was named in the 10 Most Impactful Women in Technology 2021 by Analytics Insight magazine. Angie, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for inviting me. Pleasure. Having had a hugely successful career in tech, running global teams, what led you when you left Cision to make the change to start Women in Tech Forum? What was your mission? So Women in Tech Forum started out as a passion project, as a desire to help other women build the skills, the confidence and the network to build a successful career in the tech industry. As we all know, women remain hugely underrepresented in the industry. I think the global average is about 26% of positions are held by women in the global tech industry. And if we look at the UK, um, you know, in women in leadership is somewhere between 5 and 10%. So I wanted to help women um, overcome some of the visible and invisible barriers that they face to building a successful career and also moving into leadership. What started out as a passion project um, quickly identified that there was a real need in the market to, to help women be successful and also to connect with other women in the industry as well. So we started in 2018 um, as a passion project and we ran in-person events in London and every month the, the events grew and grew um, to the point where I decided to make this a, a full-time focus for me. Um, and when COVID hit, um, you know, that completely uh, turned our business upside down. But it was also a great opportunity for Women in Tech Forum to digitize our offering, um, expand globally uh, and reach a much wider audience and have greater impact. So sort of fast forward four years, we, we've got 12,000 members um, and are continuing to grow across the UK, Europe and more globally. Interesting. Right. So it was definitely born out of born, born out of a negative for women in technology rather than you having a superbly positive experience yourself. Um, I've had a very positive experience myself in the tech industry. I've been very lucky to have spent um you know, a large part of my corporate career with a very big uh, tech company. And I had the best training um, in the industry. And um, I also was lucky enough to have amazing mentors, sponsors and allies who really helped me 
uh, develop and grow in my career. It gave me the opportunity to expand uh, and, and, and sort of live internationally across multiple different regions and markets. So I've certainly had an amazing experience myself. Um, but a lot of people don't necessarily have all of the opportunities that I was afforded in my career. Um, and so I wanted to impart some of my knowledge uh, about how to really get ahead, yeah. um, how to network effectively, how to build your executive presence, how to build and leverage networks effectively um, so that people who may not have the opportunities I had can still be successful as a minority in what is still very much a male-dominated environment. And were any of those positive influences on your career actually women? You know, or, or, was, or was it was that predominantly men as well? It was predominantly uh, men. So most of the senior leadership team, most of the CEOs were all men. Um, I did have one female uh, boss in my career and she was fantastic um, at sort of, you know, helping to elevate me, raise my profile globally. Um, but it was predominantly uh, men who, who've helped me in my career. So is she somebody that you sort of specifically aspired to and, and tried to follow really? Absolutely. And I think it's it's that blend of having both men and women. Um, I think different people, different groups bring um, different expertise, different you know diversity of thought. So it's important to have that blend of different representation, different perspectives to really help you be all round, you know, be an all rounder yourself. That that's quite interesting from our perspective because in terms of what we're doing with the leadership teams that we're building we are looking at you know the blend of obviously male female and also multicultural and international presences as well so particularly a lot of the work we do with the european headquartered technology businesses you know they they, they can quite often be if it's a spanish business they can have all spanish leadership and it's you know getting over that bridge getting over the that hump really and then realizing that it is that blend of everything that um, ultimately makes a company achieve its 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 full potential um we, we celebrated international women's day very recently and this year's theme was embracing equity now we actually attended one of your many brilliant events that you'd hosted for international women's day and one of the speakers mentioned an enid lee quote which i thought was brilliant and that sort of summed up the difference between equality and equity perfectly which the the, the quote was equality is everybody having a pair of shoes equity is providing everyone a pair of shoes that fit now in in reality what does this mean and practically from in your view how can companies implement this to to make a difference it was a really interesting theme this year equality versus equity and i think it was a very important theme to pick up on um, and certainly with all of the sort of conversations that we've had around this topic and we've run lots of workshops for different companies people didn't really understand the difference between what is equality versus what is equity. And I think when we talk about you know, diversity, inclusivity in the workplace, it's very much been focused historically on equal opportunities for all um, equality in the workplace. But actually, it goes much further than that. If we start to look at equity, it's about allocating resources based on individual need. So you may still have a certain pool of resources that you can't change, but not everybody needs the same resources 
to be successful in their role. And a great example is, you know, if you look at sort of a company's benefits program, you know, rather than giving everybody the same sort of healthcare program uh, or the same sort of benefits program, I think it's important to let people choose what's right for them based on where they are in their life, what stage of their life they're in. Um, so, you know, a woman who's going through a menopause will have different, you know, medical and healthcare needs to somebody that, you know, is in their early 20s. They might be, you know, planning to have children. So it's about giving people the choice and the access to resources to help them be successful based on where they are at any given time. Um, and I think that's what we really need to look at to drive true inclusion in organisations where everybody feels valued, everybody feels respected, everybody has access to the right resources for them in a given moment. And how quickly are you seeing these changes? Well, the pace of change, you know, whilst we've seen a lot of change over the last few years, uh, it's a boardroom you know, agenda for most companies, if not all. Um, but the pace of change still remains slow. And I think really raising visibility on that topic of equality versus equity has really made people think differently. Um, so we may not have an immediate impact, um, but certainly, you know, as companies are planning for their next financial year, I think these you know, this aspect of equity is going to be much more included in people's business plans and HR processes as they move forward. But as we know, we don't always need to wait for a corporate policy. I think, you know, as leaders, we all have a responsibility to um, do the right thing for our teams, to provide them with the right resources, the right training based on where they are on their personal journey. And that's something every leader to a certain extent can influence right now without waiting for a corporate policy to implement something. And from, from your perspective, I mean, we, we, we talked about you starting out with, with, with a mission, but how long do you think it is before women in tech gets rebranded people in tech? You know, is it your hope that at some point organisations such as Women in Tech Forum aren't needed? I think in an ideal world, you know, Women in Tech Forum wouldn't be needed at all. But the reality is we're still a long way off uh, of driving equality and equity in the workplace, whether that be for women or other underrepresented and marginalised groups. Um, so there is still a lot of work to do. Um, our community is inclusive. We do welcome our allies to join the conversation. Um, it's by having that diversity of thought and perspective and allies brought into the conversation that really drives impact and drives, you know, that intersectionality. Um, so women and men do have different needs um, in the workplace. So I still think it's important to continue on our sort of women in journey, but that could be women in tech, it could be women in financial services, women in leadership. Um, so I still think there is a need for, for the community, but hopefully in 10 years <laughs> or 20 years, um, this just becomes a normal way of doing business. And so from, from you personally, you know, when, when, is your, when is your mission complete? I mean, clearly, as, as you've sort of indicated, it's um, like trying to change the direction of the tide or whatever, and you probably can't see all the way through. So from your perspective as the CEO of the Women in Tech Forum, how far do you think you can take it in 
your career? As far as far as I, I can, <laughs> um, you know, I think there's still a huge amount of work and support that uh, can be done to help women at every stage of their career, um, you know, in different countries. So that that journey is still very much ongoing and will continue for many years to come. Um, I think, you know, one thing I would love to do perhaps when I retire is really look at schools and, you know, how are we, um, you know, teaching the sort of children and the future workforce of tomorrow? Um, there's been a lot more focus on STEM subjects. Um, but when we look at sort of STEM based on the current world of sort of tech, um, we never really talk about, you know, going into a career in sales in tech or in marketing. So I think the more we yeah. can educate and equip um, children uh, in schools, um, I think that the more we can sort of feed more people into the technology industry. Um, and I think the same with universities as well. If we look at, you know, women studying computer science, they are very much in the minority. Um, and so that also needs to change. We need to, you know, create a level playing field. We need to encourage more women to go into these sort of computer science related areas. But some of the feedback yeah. I'm getting, even from recent graduates who study computer science, is that they are very much left out of group activities. So any sort of group work on their university course, they're left out because they're seen as the weaker sex. Um, and so often group work is done individually. So it, it's absolutely astonishing that that's still happening in top universities uh, around the country. So I think there's a lot more education that we need to do throughout the school system, throughout the university system, because only when we've tackled it at that level can we actually change the current dynamic uh, of it being, you know, tech being a male-dominated industry to much more of a, a, a sort of balanced representation of the communities that the tech industry serves. Interesting. I was talking to a client the other day and uh, he's a CFO of a technology business. He's got three daughters and uh, he, he said that the only subject for his three daughters that was non-negotiable was that they had to do computer science. <laughs> so let's hope they all end up working in software companies in the future. So thank you very much for that. We're, we're going to ask every interview this same last question and we'll collate the answer to see if there's a common thread We'll publish them as a blog post on alexpartners-search.com. And that really is, if you're starting out now, what would you tell the 20-year-old Angie Vo? <laughs> That's a great question. I think certainly for me personally, it's to be your authentic self. Um, so don't be afraid to bring your whole self into work and to stand up for what you believe. Um, you know, I sort of... You know, my career was very much in a male-dominated environment, and I adopted a lot of male traits, male behaviours. I dressed like a man, um, did the sort of, you know, traditional male activities, and I didn't really know any different. Um, so certainly that would be number one, is be your authentic self. Leverage your strengths as a woman. Um, you know, previously, empathy in business and empathetic leadership was regarded as a weakness, um, you know, the command and control style of leadership was sort of very popular I don't know, 10, 20 years ago. And since the pandemic, it's really 
opened up the possibility that you can be a strong and effective leader, but you can also demonstrate empathy and warmth at the same time. So I think don't be afraid to to leverage your unique strengths as a woman. And finally, um, you know, you have to be able to sort of do that self-promotion. Women typically, and I know it's a generalization, but will typically expect their great work to be uh, noticed by their manager um, and expect it to sort of be remembered. Um, So I think it's really important that you spend the right amount of time showcasing your successes um, and also taking control of your career. Um, You know, being assertive, knowing your value, um, and really going going for what it is that you want. Fantastic. That's very, very good advice. Thank you very much indeed. Finally, where should people go to if they want to reach out to you or to find out more about the Women in Tech Forum? Thank you. So uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, Angivo, V-A-U-X, um, and also have a look at our website, womenintechforum.com. Um, we do offer annual membership to a structured programme of virtual events and masterclasses, all on topics to empower women in the workplace. Um, so I'd encourage you to sort of sign up and, and be a part of our uh, great community. Um, yeah, thank you. Brilliant. Angie, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been absolutely wonderful to talk to you. I've been your host, Giles Daniels. Stay subscribed and join us for a new episode soon. Mm-hmm.